Welcome to another episode of Criminally Speaking. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. And I'm Ray DeWallaby. On our last episode, when we talked about the Manson murders, at the very end, we touched upon a case known in the media as the texting suicide case. It's a case out of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. A girl named Michelle Carter, a 17-year-old girl from Fairhaven, and a 18-year-old boy named Conrad Roy III from Mattapoisett, Massachusetts. Right now, Michelle is guilty of involuntary manslaughter and the death of Conrad, who had been suicidal for several years and would chicken out or, you know, I don't want to say chicken out because that's... Well, it's... it's He would back out, you know. It's he would, a term. It was it like an term. ideation. He was, he was suicidal, but he would never fully go through with it. He was, he talked about it a lot because he had a lot of mental health struggles, depression, anxiety, and it kind of took over his life. He felt that there was no future for him. He felt that there was nothing he could do to stop feeling that way and that inevitably he was going to die at, uh, at his own hands. So at some point, Michelle went from trying to get him help with his mental health, trying to be encouraging and supportive, to complete 180, encouraging him, badgering him, repeatedly questioning when he was going to commit suicide, giving him methods to try. She eventually convinced him that a good idea would be to buy a motor, a gas motor, that he could leave in the bed of his truck, which would fill it with carbon monoxide poisoning. And this one specific day that he decided to finally go through with it, she kept texting him repeatedly, did you do it yet? Are you going to do it? Are you still going to do it? When are you going to do it? And finally, he left the house that he lived at with his family and drove to a local Kmart parking lot, turned on the gas motor, and sat in the car, in the truck, and continued to text Michelle. She encouraged him, told him that it would all be over soon, that he was making the right decision, that his family would be okay, they'd go on without him that she would be there for them in any way she could. So what did he have, like a generator in the back of his truck? In the front with him. Oh, with him. I thought in you the s- cab. All right, you said in the bed. Oh, so, oh, sorry, in the cab. I own a truck, so I know. Yes. Yeah, so if it's in the, all right, now it makes sense. Yeah, I'm not a truck girl. I was going to so say, I is know. there a hose yeah, it was not going the in? bed. It was in the, tr- in the cab okay. with him. So um, the, the, the cab started filling with the poison, and he panicked and exited the vehicle and well, carbon, carbon monoxide poisoning isn't like you just go to sleep. You're, like, losing oxygen. Right. You're it suffocating. Was, right. Your organs shut down. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a fun death. It's not painless at all. Especially if you're awake through it. Yeah. And he was. So he exited the vehicle when he panicked, and he told her, it's working. I can feel it. I, I was starting to die. And she said to him, get back in. But... It, uh, he obviously didn't want to die. If he exited the truck right. and said, I was starting to die, this is, this is not 
this is not the person that who really wants to succeed at suicide. Mm-hmm. He just wants somebody to talk him out of it. Right. And she did the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I mean, there's no defending what she did. It was deplorable, but... Um, was she therefore responsible for his death? And that was what the, the, the state said yes that without michelle carter he's still alive right now he wouldn't have done it but she but she didn't have anything to do with the physical act right i mean if someone tells you to jump off a bridge are you gonna do it just that everybody's parents have said every, this to him yes every or not to him i'm sorry to us to ev- any child that are you a, why are you following this person? Right. Um, it's one of the first lessons I remember being But he taught. had mental issues. He had psychological problems. Yes, that long preceded her. In fact, he had attempted suicide on four occasions previously. Two serious attempts where he almost died. But so, he... He kept trying to do it at different points in life. Right. Um, she just... She was... She was the finisher. She was the catalyst for the following through. Well, I mean, was she the catalyst or was she... She was the coach? Yeah. Because... He already wanted to. He said what he wanted to do. And then she came up with a better idea. Yeah. Now, see, you can read through every one of these texts. They are on. They're available on the internet. Um, the entirety of their conversation, and you can see him starting to kind of. The more she's egging him on, the less he's into it. Like he'll he'll start to say things like, "Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not really too sure anymore. I don't know what's wrong with me." You know. And she's but like, he, right there, well, you, Conrad, it's I not going to get better for you." I don't know what's wrong with me. So he knows there's something wrong. Yeah. So this kid didn't want to die. Right. He just didn't know what to do with all of that anxiety and that depression that I go through too. I know, I get it. I know what it's like. It does disrupt. But there was no positive. Day. There was no positive reinforcement from the person he so-called loved. Right. So it was complete opposite. Right. Um, and his parents now, thought at this point that they knew he had mental health struggles. He was on medicine, as was Michelle. For mental problems. Now, some people, I mean, it's not that I think this is right either, but some people would say, all right, you know, you're always talking about it, so why don't you do something about it? Right. You know how they can be... Or people online, you should kill yourself. Yeah, like cyberbullying. Yeah. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother aspect of, well, it's, it falls into this just because of the, the verdict. Right. But this kid was in love with this girl. Mm-hmm. And rather than try to talk him out of what he's feeling, she's talking him in. Yeah. She's basically putting rocks on his legs as he's drowning. So, and that's... Now, her her lawyer argued in court, it's indefensible what she said, what she did. But in, you know, in Michelle's mind, what she was doing was helpful to him. Because he was suffering so deeply, and she had tried for so long to get him to, you know, not feel this way and to and to 
feel more hopeful about So they're the using the she gave up and gave in. Right. Like, at this point, she thought she was doing what was most helpful to him because he was so hopeless and so dead set on uh, following through. Super creepy. Yeah. It's not. I don't know. That's kind of a weird... I mean, she... You know, she knew his sister's phone number and texted her that night as Conrad's laying there dead and she knows it. And she's like, hi, have you heard from Conrad? I'm really worried about him. And So this girl is completely clueless on how texts work, that they're there. I mean, he died with, cl- you know, clutching the phone, essentially. And here's the thing. The cop said in that in the documentary, I Love You Now Die, that's on HBO currently, on demand. Um, the cop said, normally we would have never looked. There was texts. It's a suicide. It's cut and dry. But because he was such a young kid and he left, you know, I mean, he left notes, a lot of notes all over the place with passwords and everything. But there was really like, they wanted to know, was there anything that happened that made this time be the time he went through with it? It was like something that his family doesn't know. It was more or less tr- just to try to tie up why he did this. They opened his phone and immediately saw the text. And the cop said, when he started to scroll through, realized pretty quickly, whoa, like this is a big deal. So then they wanted to get records to his texts and they got everything i mean they had texts between and they ended up getting a search warrant for her phone as well after this so they got texts between them going back the entirety of their relationship which was like three years and all of her texts with her friends and it was all used in court you can't deny it yep the thing is, she was charged with involuntary manslaughter. Right. A lot of people went a little berserk about this because they say it's an attack on free speech, on the First Amendment. No, that's not free speech. I don't think it's free speech. I mean, three it's years, not a crime. Three years worth of texts, and a lot of it is coaxing someone to kill themselves yeah that's not involuntary that's not involuntary and it's not free speech it's it's almost like an accessory to it's not homicide but it's an accessory to suicide look at Jack Kevorkian these people wanted him yeah and they were suffering and and he was convicted this person was being coaxed by someone to do it that wouldn't follow through without that coaxing. It's the not like the judge he... said, basically, that there was no crime up until the point where he got out of the truck and expressed because they said like it was his actions, it was That's his what I'm choices. Saying. But once he got out of the truck and changged his mind, and she said, "Get back in." Then it became her responsibility. That's why I, I don't feel that free speech should be involved. This does not... This does not... Free speech is censorship. Somebody taking away your right. Do you have a right to coax someone to commit well, suicide? Well, free speech is that the government can't... You can't be punished by the government for your speech, for your views. She is not 
that is not a view. Right. That is coercion. Yeah. So you. I mean, personally, I do think she should have been charged with something. I think, I think what ended up happening, like the amount of time, she ended up getting sentenced to two and a half years in prince in prison, which was later reduced to fifteen months. I mean, I think that's a fair sentence. But I think she should be doing something for the rest of her life. She should. Ne- she needs to be reminded of what she did, and she needs to help people now. So. She needs some type of uh, community service. Yeah. Like, she should have to go and talk to school kids. Mm-hmm. And be faced... About cyberbullying And be or... faced with what she did. Right. She has to face what she did because it was wrong. Right. Oh, absolutely. It, it was, was wrong. wrong. So it's like, will she be in the right frame of mind to help people now? I don't know. I don't think so. But as time goes on, people do have change of heart because how old was she when she when this happened? Seventeen, All and right. now she's in her twenties. What seventeen-year-old you know that's in the right state of mind? Right. Yeah. You they do. don't. They don't have the life experience. No, they don't. And it's just like what they think is like they think like I have a seventeen-year-old daughter and yeah, quite snarky. Yeah. So, and I'm sure what the end of the world means to her doesn't seem like a big deal to you. No, it means that there's no electricity at the mall and she can't go shopping. Right. True story tonight. (laughs) Um, That's, but it's a 17 year old does not have the mental capacity to understand circumstances and outcome. Right. Because consequences. Well, especially now. That we live in this fantasy world of like there, I don't, I don't think they know what's real and what isn't anymore. Yeah, it's scary. So, it's not like it's not like Mario where you get another life. This is it, right? So now she knows. Some poor kid had to die for her to learn a lesson. It's sad. It's sick. Yeah. So, I mean, who's? God, I, I don't even, I, I can't even think about what the parents, her parents feel. You know, they didn't interview them in this film, and I don't know if they refused to be um, interviewed or not, but they did talk to Conrad's parents. I don't parents. think I would want to be interviewed if it was my daughter. That yeah, I would be so ashamed. Yeah. I, I would feel I so responsible. What can you do to bring anything back? You can't. He's gone. And just like you said, the moment he decided to get out of the truck was the moment she decided that she was going to push him farther. Right. I think There's, the judge was right about that. That's I really where the crime, do. That's where the crime is. Yes. Was. But I mean, involuntary Because when he was reading his, his decision, at first, he said, I, you know, given the facts of the case and the circumstances, I do not feel the state, or the state has not proven beyond a reasonable doubt and she started to cry and immediately thought I'm getting I'm getting off and I thought that too I, I was watching it live the verdict and I remember thinking wow she's she's gonna get away with this completely and but then he got to the point where he said however you know had you ended it that then you wouldn't have been charged with a crime however when he got out of the truck then the responsibility became yours and you told him to get back in. You had the means. You knew where he was. You could have called the police. You could have called his family. You could have told him, stay out of the truck. You chose to say, get back in. 
Therefore, that is your crime. See, I see that as an accessory too. Yeah, I don't see. I don't know exactly what laws are on the books in. No, but I mean, as, like, we know enough. We've watched enough court drama to know that uh, telling somebody to do something initially mm-hmm. is not a crime. Right. But the badgering and the forcing and his mental fragility mm-hmm. because obviously I mean and I just keep going back to his parents they've endured so much oh yeah so this the what this girl is superiorly guilty of is selfishness mm-hmm. narcissism yes um control attention seeking manipulation manipulation and it's like it's when you think about it what she did was more than evil yeah the prosecution believes her motive was very selfish. They believe that, and, and they laid out a case that, you know, it does point to this, that she basically had no real friends. She had acquaintances in school, but she had no close friends, and she tried really hard to be liked. She was on softball teams and um, so played sports. So was she taking it out on him? Well, no. Here's the thing. She kept calling and texting these people and they brought this into evidence. These conversations with these other teammates begging them to go hang out with her. And they would always find a reason not to. And they would talk about how she was awkward. How she, you know, like she, something about her was set she... the alarm bells off. Right. And people did not hang out with her. So... They said she did... Now, two days before he actually killed himself, she told all her friends, he said he was going to do it that night, and it was the same situation where she was egging him on, asking him when he was going to do it. Simultaneously, while she's texting him, she's talking to these girls and telling them he's missing, and he's suicidal, and she thinks he killed himself, and she immediately gets attention from these girls. Oh, my God, what can we do? So he was a pawn. Can we come over? All these girls' attention that she's Again, always going wanted. back to my point of a 17-year-old person, not gender-specific, right. 17-year-old mental right. state of mind. Right. Because how the old was he? Level, how old he was, was he? He was 18. All right, so months maybe difference. Yeah. You are not ready for anything at that age. And it's like the mental fragility, both of them. Mm-hmm. She obviously has issues. He has issues. Right. She's no, also on medicine, too. But it's not working. Right. <laughs> Are they taking it? Um, I, I, I don't remember hearing anything that they weren't taking but it. But that's the... But there's oh, like a in huge... fact, she had a witness, a doctor, get up on the stand and blame the medicine and say she was, like, overdosed. It was like a toxicity of this medicine that created... Now, who got on the stand for this? Was it, was it a, a doctor, an actual doctor, a witness, an expert that her defense team hired to testify. It to could be a possibility. Like, she was poisoned, essentially, by this, med, this medicine, and she wasn't able to make a, you know, a decision 
rationally because she was being affected by this toxic. Now, granted, if we want to, if we want to look at this route, I mean, how many times do you watch television commercials and the drugs are like, you know, side effects, rectal bleeding, uh, may cause suicidal yeah. thoughts. I love that when it's antidepressants. Yeah. Oh and yeah. That's a, and that's his top side effect. But it's like it, they'll go on for like twenty minutes. Yeah. And it's like. And the symptoms of that do sound you know worse what, than the original problem. Do you know what the drug was? Was she on like Zoloft? It was, was like on, because no adolescent of any kind should be on Zoloft. I want to say it was like Paxil or oh wait, I think it was Celexa maybe. It was one of those, you it, know, a TV drug. Yeah, a TV it was an drug. antidepressant. But I mean, I take antidepressants, and they help me, but I'm also a grown woman. You're an adult. My brain's fully formed. Your hormones have coursed through your body. They're oh, in, yeah. And they're probably... Shoddy. <laughs> Zip it. Well, sorry, I don't want to laugh, but I mean... No comment. This is... I don't know. It's It goes way beyond what it really is. Yep. Because there's too many factors. Yeah. When it happened, they were both not mature. Right. Both of them. Right. Physiologically as well as mentally. Mental. And the thing is, they, they're they just reaching adulthood. Yep. And everybody's so stupid then. Without having mental problems. Oh without God. being on antidepressants. If I could go back then, I would do almost everything differently. So... If I could go back ten years, I would do things differently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like we're, we're always in a constant state of regret for mm-hmm. something... But I mean, and growth too. But obviously, she's going to live with this for the rest of her life. Now, I don't know what kind of a person she is in her head. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's going to be a regret. Well, the background for this girl, which was interesting, she was voted like most likely to cheer up your day in school. I mean, evidently not. She didn't have a lot of super close friends, but she was everybody's acquaintance and like this ray of sunshine. But when she got too close to you, there was something old. Then you saw that right that little spark. And it was like of none creepy. of these girls could put their fingers on it because they're all young too. Right. But there was something about her, you know, that they didn't not like her, but they just kept her at arm's length. So there was something about her that pinged with these girls that like, we don't want to be close with her. This kid, I mean. I, like I said, I keep thinking about what his parents have gone through his entire life. How many attempts did he try? Several? Four, yeah. Four. And two were serious. And just imagine what they felt then. Every time you go through that. And then it really happens. And then to find out it wasn't going to happen. Right. Somebody right. made it happen. I can't imagine how they felt when they... Now, flip it to her, to the girl's parents, how they feel, knowing what their daughter has done. Yeah, I think that they... Um, how do you They do support them? her. They were in court all the time with her. Um, so they do stand by their daughter, but I mean, they're her parents. You know? I mean, you're going to stand by your daughter, but you also have to understand that, hey, listen... We got a Sybil situation going on here. There, I mean, there and is something clearly. So I, but she needs, she needs, she needs. I hope she's getting psychological help while she's. In, she needs in to jail. be diagnosed a little better, and something needs to really be done because seriously. But she was I mean, she's seventeen. Get out, you know, seventeen. She tried as an adult. 
No. Uh, oh, she must have been, because otherwise we wouldn't know about it, right? It would be, um, no. Wouldn't it, it wasn't juvenile court. 15 months in prison, she was a juvenile. First Amendment right to free speech. Let's see, what? Yeah, that's what they were arguing about, the, the free speech aspect of it. Right. Um, um, so she's appealing this yes. to the Supreme Court. Because of the free speech thing? They, yeah, they want her, she wants the Supreme Court to consider her encouragement to commit suicide as protected free speech. See, I don't buy that. I don't buy <laughs> I, I mean, just that's... can't. I'm sorry. How... Charlie Manson would have been like, "That's my. I get to talk." Right. What about me? What about me? Who else? Who else could we say that? Anyone that's hired someone to kill someone, or not even just hired, or in, in if you say you were a very important person, and the speech that you made in public, which was televised, yeah, could have had influenced someone to go do something like a mass shooting. For example? No. We're just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not oh, going no, to... Oh, no, I wasn't going to give we're any We're not going to mention names. Some people will get it. Some people won't. That's free speech. Right. Where do you draw the line when you are, like, under the guise of something, knowing what the result is going to be eventually because you know... The people who like and respect you mm -hmm. are easily manipulated and might go off and do something. Where do you draw the line? That's inciting violence. Right. Does that fall under free speech? No. It doesn't. No. By law. I mean, personally, a lot of people had a problem with the verdict. Let us know what you guys think. Do you think it was fair? I personally yeah. think it was, but that's just my personal opinion. I think that anybody that even verbally incites someone to do something and they follow through with it has to be an accessory to it. Yeah. They have to have some responsibility in the act. So, say you're telling everybody how much you hate people from a certain area. Yeah. And one person decides to get some type of weapon yep. and follow through with the feelings that they have because of something you said. Yeah, I do think that person holds a lot of responsibility for They should at actions. least acknowledge the fact that maybe they shouldn't have said it. Right. So if it's not a law or whatever, I mean, people need to take responsibility for their actions. And their and, words. And their Your words. words. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. It, it's... Action words. We live in a different Listen, world. Listen, you're free to say whatever you want, and I'm free to, like, decide whether or not I want to support you. But now, technology has given platforms to people with instantaneous results. Right. Texting is instantaneous. Yep. She texted him. Yeah. Social media. Twitter, for example. Mm-hmm. Instantaneous. Some, oh, yeah. There's somebody more Twitters in the middle of the night. That goes on Twitter in real time. Then I mean, Twitter beats the mainstream media by. But the thing miles. is, my point is, you have the ability to get a message to someone instantaneously, and that person or group of people instantaneously react. Right. 
And then there's no lag time. It's not a newspaper. It doesn't take time to go to print. It's instant. So hate speech is now instant. Yep. There's a platform for everyone. Yep. Everyone should not have a platform. There are certain people out there in this world that yeah, should not have this platform. Do Now we can start talking about free speech. Am I right? Probably not. It's just a feeling. Because I can't take away anyone's right to this platform. Right. Because then anybody can take away the right, right. to the platform. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. But you've got people that don't know how to... Uh, what are the words I want to use? Like differentiate? Differentiate what's going on in reality. They're delusional. Right. You have extremes. You have. I'm not saying any side whatsoever here. There's so many sides... It's a polygonal, yeah, well, it's, there's no way that you say left, right, middle, whatever. No, we're talking about individual people reacting to the things that go on on these platforms. And it's like, this girl texted. This is a technology that never existed in my lifetime until the late 1990s, early 2000s. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like... You can't, you have no reason, like, you can't escape people anymore. No, you're tethered. You, can, like, you you're are tethered. tethered. If oh, you, you don't can take answer, the phone off the hook. I yes. used to love that. People flip I'm shit now. If you don't text back immediately, immediately. if you don't reply immediately. You're ignoring me. Yeah, yes. Are you What did dead? I do? Is everything, it's like, You're tethered shit, to man. everyone. But yes. it's the thing is, you're tethered to, like, especially on social media, you're tethered to millions of people. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not. Yep. If you've got the little world on Facebook, you're public, baby. Right. You're and they all everywhere. have what they think is, you know, the the absolute right to completely dismantle you without even ever knowing you. Yep. Just because they can. So yep. And social media has that power. Yeah, and people do it all the time. I get attacked every day. If anybody from my Twitter is listening, you guys know. I, but I just get I back. stay away from it. I stay away from Twitter as much as possible. I'm actually trying to stay away from Facebook. I kind of like MeWe. MeWe's interesting. I don't know what that is. MeWe, MeWe is more personal. It's like you're actually just... Until some corporation buys it, um, yeah. you're gonna you're individual. Like you get a bunch of contacts. It basically runs off contacts, so you can contact them individually. There's no wall. I hate walls. It's like even Instagram is kind of crappy now. I don't go on anything except Twitter, really, because I mean that's my platform. But even that place is like bring back MySpace, yo. For, Bring it back. Yeah. I want Friendster, my, bitches. I want MySpace back because it was like... I don't that know. was when people were happy. Yeah, it, it was. It was like, you know, the first iteration of social media. So everybody was like, this is great. I'm going to throw your ass in my top three. Tom, where are you? We miss you. He's a photographer now. Is he, he travels the world and he spends his billions or whatever he got paid off he's probably glad he's not caught up in the social media and disaster now tom was no zuckerberg oh don't even get me started on i'm him. not ai yes artificial intelligence now controls what you do on the internet like they have facial recognition and they screw you by convincing you to download apps where you can see what you look like when you're young or you're old and that's phishing yep 
Now we they all got fished. They have all, all of our faces. They know everything about us, where we are at all times. They can do whatever they want with us. Yep. I don't care. Well, I'm talking loud. Yeah, you got all up in it. Yep. The, uh, but I'm going to... Uh, let's go back to what we originally were talking about. We should just call ourselves the Tangent Show. Yeah, going on a tangent. But that's <laughs> what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, anyway. we we got to hear some feedback from you. <laughs> this is... Um, I, I'm, I'm going to blame technology for speeding up the process on this one. The texting. It took her mind... And it immediately gave it to him. Yeah. So. They were like a toxic relationship. Monsanto is getting blamed for Roundup. Right? Mm -hmm. I think we should go after whatever the phone carrier was. And just go after him. Because now drug companies are getting... Finally, people are taking responsibility. This girl, hopefully in life will take responsibility for her actions. I hope so. I hope she, she learned the lesson from I this. hope she knows what she did was wrong. I hope so, too. Because if she doesn't think what she did was wrong, there's no hope. I know. Her argument was very much a self-victimization, like, but I didn't, you know, I didn't commit a crime. Yeah, you did. It's like, but even, I mean, I don't know. It's, it is a crime. It's some type of a crime. It has to be. Yeah. Look at the well, kid. the judge agrees because she's convicted. There's so much going on with cyberbullying and kids killing themselves yeah. that there needs to be some kind of change. Mm-hmm. Like regulations? I don't know about regulation, but if somebody reports the fact that their child is being cyberbullied and they have the evidence, something should be done about it. That's up to states to lobby for laws But I mean, it. But seriously... The only thing they would have to do is take away the technology. Take away the technology from the child. Mm-hmm. I know you can't watch the kid 24-7, like if the kid goes to the library and logs onto the computer at the library. Right. But there's or still a record of it. But there's still a record of it because when the kid logs on, they know when it happens. Mm-hmm. But something needs to be done. So you mean just for minors? Minors, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Adults. I mean, I mean, most of these sites will say like you have to be certain age. That there, you can get around that in two seconds. Just put a fake agent. Put a fake agent. There's and no way. Problem solved. So it's getting out of control because the generation that started this technology had no idea what was happening. How fast it would grow. And now there's two, three generations in. Yeah. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And it's still, they, they can regulate as much as they want. These kids know better than we do how to get around things. Yeah, they do. Oh yeah, they do. My kids are super little, and they still know more about stuff than I do sometimes when it's online, and it blows my mind and scares me. Well, let's, uh, do we know what we're going to do on the next episode? Uh, I don't think so. We still keep saying that we're going to do Michael Woodmancy, which we have not done yet. But that's because, like, topical stuff keeps things, happening. Things, well, <laughs> we may never get to anything but topical <laughs> stuff now, but... Um, I know, because stuff is happening every, like, day. Ugh. We're going we're gonna to put up the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And we're probably going to do it in a way that is... What did they call it? What do you mean? Um, there's a certain term they use for this type of Patreon... 
we we're going to take donations. I guess would it be donations? No, not donations. But um, we but we want to make you part your patrons. But we want to make you part of the show. So we'll call you a producer. Mm-hmm. So when you donate to, criminally speaking, each person that does it will be mentioned and you'll have the ability to say what case you want to hear from us. Right. And in that episode, we will talk directly to you at some point in the in the podcast. Right. So we're still working out that kind of stuff. And we're also coming up with merchandise, which will be on Zazzle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... It's just a matter of loading all the products in so they're available. I've come up with some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I like it. And um, we can probably put that on the Facebook page, which we now have as well. That's right. You can find us at Facebook, Criminally um, Speaking. It's bare bones, pardon the pun, but it's um, it's up there. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to like it, we would like that. Yes, we would. And we're also on Twitter at Criminally Pod. And like we mentioned last episode, you can now listen to us on iTunes. iTunes. We're legit, baby. Legit. Too legit to quit. That's right. So that's why we're here tonight, because we have to produce episodes. Yes. So, so you'll, we're going to do them. Um, you'll get them once a week. Once a week. And if everything goes well, who knows? Maybe twice. Yeah. But we're definitely we're definitely on a once a week schedule right now. So look for I'm gonna say this now, so we're gonna go back in time. <laughs> Mondays. We will post these on Mondays. Mm-hmm. So that's that's our schedule. So Michelle has to be here all the time to record. <laughs> <laughs> I am a slave, I am captive. Alright. So let's do let's do this rollout. Okay. Thanks for spending your night with us on Criminally Speaking. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. I'm Ray DeWallaby. Stay safe and pay attention to detail. See you next time. <laughs>